Hey, this is Pastor Tom with North Glencoe Baptist Church, and you're watching Not Another Church Podcast. This is a weekly podcast featuring church staff and your host, Pastor Tom. So thanks for tuning in. Donna actually said a very profound statement that men crave, and I would say men's greatest need is to feel respect from, from someone that they love. And a woman's greatest need is love and intimacy. Let me, let me throw a correction out here because a lot of men hear love and intimacy and they think, yeah, baby, I'm going to give you all the <laughs> love and intimacy. give you in- all the intimacy you need. Throw yes. some Barry White on, we got it. No, it's not what I meant. And, and I, I, I heard this and I really, I've looked for who the author of this quote is because I love it so much. But love and sex have as much in common as a warm puppy and a hot dog. They're similar words, but they mean totally different things. Not the same. So um, intimacy is that more of that intercourse of the soul, that idea that that we are one and you care about me, you cherish me is one of the biblical You know my opinions on things. You want to know how I consider when something happened and when our loved one does things and we sit down and we want to talk it out and y'all want to go back to your empty box? Yes, yes. And I would say most men, when let's talk about, insert subject here, let's talk about that is a a horror-filled sentence because... We know that that means we're going to get in touch with our feelings on this, and and my empty box is getting slid back under the bed. It's not coming out for a while. Can I tell you that one of the ways that I worked around that, even with my kids, and um, so and a lot of times with me, in the car, when we're in the car and going you places, can't go nowhere. it's a captive audience. It's, it's either jump out of the car or well, okay, listen. but until until smartphones came along. Um, in the car, you had the radio. was your only option. So we'd turn it down, and you'd get talking about something, and all of a sudden, you would find the guys that uh, they would enjoy engaging. I mean, because you know sometimes when you actually sit down and do talk out things, it's not always a torture session. That talking with your wife, all of a sudden, you begin to realize that, oh, I do know her a little better now. Or, yes, I agree with her this. Or, no, I didn't know she knew that or thought that. And it becomes a moment where it's, it's usually not very long. It's not the car trip across the America. You know, but if it's just to the grocery store 20 minutes, y'all seem to be able to handle that fairly well. Well, and I will even say in, in counseling, do, doing uh, counseling, uh, counseling with men in law enforcement or in the military who have come come uh, for uh, critical incident counseling, I, I learned really quickly that if a guy is sitting across from me and I'm sitting in a chair and he's sitting on the couch and I say, so tell me what's going on, I get nothing. So I've learned to be, I guess, a little manipulative. And so I, I learned to start going, hey, I've been really busy today. I've got some things I've got to to go do in the gathering area. Will you walk with me while I go take care of this? And just, I'm sorry, I know it's disrespectful, but I've got to get this thing done. And if we walk out to the park or walk somewhere that movement makes a guy, now we're not talking. I'm air quoting for those of you who aren't watching the video. Uh, we're not talking. What we're doing is we're, we're talking. You're physically doing something. We're physically moving, yeah. and that seems to engage men differently than sitting across from our spouse and saying we need to talk about the finances working on the projects at, during the pandemic some things we did at home on the weeks that we were there you know when we're all out in the yard and all of a sudden i find the whole family is talking and i'm just like oh it does things for the heart you know but they don't realize it they're no, they're no, hammering a no. nail into the deck or whatever it was we were doing but because we engaged. haven't had to get the talking box out no you haven't nobody likes the talking box <laughs> no. 
is it like hot to touch? I mean, it's, it's is, just it, bad. is it rough bad. like sandpaper? Well, I think I think we're, we're we're trained that because if if your girlfriend's ever going to break up with you, it's like, hey, after biology, we need to talk. No, oh, yeah. there's never, yeah, there's no hardly. If we need to talk, that's does a, that go positive? Does never. Yeah. Your boss needs to say we need to talk. Yeah. That's never a good thing either, or yeah. principal or whatever. If we need to talk, there's a problem here, yeah. that, and it's usually me. So it's got to be addressed. Now, manhood, we've talked a lot about marriage. You're single. Mm-hmm. So biblical manhood in your life, as you're walking it out, what are things that you see in your life um, right now that God is doing with you as you go through the years as a single man? Well, my, my house is in order. I mean. <laughs> so, ladies. I don't, I don't have any arguments. Uh, you know, no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, uh, it's... it's uh, it's it's different because, you know, I, I've tried to do the best I can to to remain respectful of women in in general. Like, uh, you know, I, I was raised in church and and through youth groups and true love weights and all the stuff that the way you're supposed to see a woman. Now I think sometimes that I've took that a little too extreme. Like I think if I say hey to a girl that I'm I'm hitting on her and disrespecting her. So I have <laughs> that to, Christian some, guilt I have, that we yeah, have. I have yeah. to pull that back, and I've. Just stick with the side hug and you're good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or just a high five. I'm the the king of high fives, and people are like, high fives, that's 80s. But, you know, um, just basically, it's it's so hard to, I guess, I mean, because like I said, I'm not having to worry about the little things, the argument, you know, like, hey, we need to have a talk. If I'm having a little talk with myself, then we're in some trouble. Okay, so, but do you find it that, like, Paul, I mean, you, you, you know, he said, if you're able to remain as I am, and he said, you know, you can serve the Lord better and more deeply. And, you know, the um, feelings of duty, um, protection, that still applies to your life, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. most definitely. And, and and if nothing else, you know, like I, I see the blessing of, of singleness in a way because it allows me to do more ministry and I have those opportunities to do those things more than I would before. You're our late night guy when we need something done. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm, I'm the night owl or try to be, not anymore <laughs> since I had to get up at five. If but, we have a late meeting at church where yeah. Brian can help, but, you know. Uh, you know, I find myself, I guess, trying to be, a. I, my mindset tries to go to the protector of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, if I've got a, a group of female friends, I become super protective. Um you can ask Alexis, you know, as we've grown friends, just to, as the assistant here at the media, um, the people that she's dated, I've, I've been, hey, that's a red flag. You need to, you, you don't need to, I find myself being like a father figure in a way, like. <laughs> Big brother. You, the yeah. way that he's looking at you, you need to run. Yeah, don't you do know, that. Or like, yeah. And I'm not saying that's her current relationship or anything like that, or there's been a specific example, but I have found the people that I'm closer to that are females, I find myself still trying to be protective over them in a way. Um Sometimes my mentality, and just like Tom, sometimes in my empty, I, I'm learning the empty bots is really big for me, mm-hmm. you know, so sometimes I'm not there, but generally I, I just, uh, the areas that I think that that, that protector and that manhood, I, I, I try my best to try to apply that on the bigger sense of the people who are just who are around me now. Um, but, you know, and I'm not perfect by any means. I fail at that all the time and um, and, and still trying to, to relearn how to, to do that, you know, because, yeah. you know, my background, where I've come from, the relationship wasn't 50-50 or 100-100, you know, it was about 80-20, and, it, and, you know, it didn't work, so, you know, and so now it's kind of 
reeling back, learning from past mistakes, and trying my best to have a, a better mindset of whenever God's got the next person, if there is a next person or whatever. Um, As a mate. Yeah. How Now I think that I've got a better sense. You know, because I think everybody's just like what Tom was saying, the first years of marriage are tough, you know? Yeah, we always act like the honeymoon is like all make, making out and, and eating pizza. And yeah. in reality, for me, <laughs> um, my first years were horrible. And, and primarily because I was a horrible person that God, God used marriage probably more than anything in my life to disciple me. Yeah. I, you know, our early years were not hard. We didn't have all of that um, going on. I asked Ben just the other day, we're in the truck, and, you know, one of the advantages we have is that as our kids are now teenagers and we've got one that's a young adult, you know, he's entered his 20s, and as we're hitting these ages and we're getting to go out now and we get to do things, just the two of us again, which is super nice because we can walk off and leave the kids for a little while without needing a grandparent or a babysitter or, you know, but as we enter these years, we're getting to kind of know each other even better, and and I've, I've enjoyed that, and again, that's not to say we're doing everything perfectly. We fight and fuss about some of the silly things sometimes. We don't do things well. There's things we've messed up, you know, as a couple and as individuals. All of that still holds true. But I asked him about the early years because I had been talking to a young mom. And I was, um, so I asked him, I was like, so what was really hard for you in the early years? We had been married almost six years before we had our first child. So those first early years for us were just the two of us. And it was actually a great time. But when we entered the childbearing years, because it's another level of selflessness where God is carving again away at who you are and how he wants to make you and do all of those things. Um, for me, I just remember how hard it was to constantly having to give. It was 24-7 and you never got a day off. And, you know, when Ben would get Saturdays off, this was a big deal for me for a lot of years. You know, he would make plans to hunt or fish or golf or whatever it was at the current hobby or something to do with his friends. And I, I was always very sassy. I'm, I know no one's surprised about that, but I would be like, who's going to take care of the kids Saturday? Because weekends, we get weekends off, right? So I get off. And then I would go, oh, that's right. Nobody relieves me. You know, of course, now we had grandparents that did occasionally help, but boy, that was a really hard thing. And so those years being what I felt like was alone, I felt very alone and lonely. I removed from my friends. I'd had a lot of friends, but we all had moved into those child rearing, working. You they're know, cleaning I, diapers too. Yeah, they're doing the same thing. And they're just, it's so hard to get away from where the children are comfortable and safe and have their toys and their nap time and all that kind of good stuff. And you feel very much alone. So I told him all of that, you know. And I asked him, I said, what was really hard for you? And for him, it was the providing part because the job changes during those years, the not having enough money, knowing that I was stuck at home sometimes, even though he had made it possible for me to be at home with the kids, that I was also kind of stuck there because there was nowhere we had any money to go. I couldn't go and do things, and I couldn't pay a babysitter. And um, Why didn't you just go to Panama City? I didn't have a nanny. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but all of those things. And so he remembered looking back and struggling to pay bills. And, you know, um, not that some of that's never gone away, but just that it's at a different level now. We've got a lot of years of living under us in family time. But that, that was interesting for us to talk back and forth about. And I can see. distinctly remember... And being all excited because we brought Emily home, the, my first child, and me just hitting me as we're I'm pulling the car up and the nurse is helping us put the car seat in. I'm thinking, this little human's looking to me to make sure she has food. 
<laughs> Forever. Yes. Can't imagine that. I don't think it was food, but I remember going home and having them, and you know, you give them their first bath within the first few days. You know that you're home and the all the care that you're taking around their belly button and all the little things like that. And I remember thinking, okay, we bathed them, we got them dressed, and then it was like we had a couple hours before bedtime, and I'm thinking, now what? <laughs> you know, yeah, why don't you, it was kind of like, why don't you go play or something? To, <laughs> are we supposed to do something now? You know. See, I yeah. think I'm ruining myself with Sadie right now because I, I think that every time I go home, I'm like, oh my gosh, she provides on me, but I just let her out. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't do that with an infant. Yeah, By the yeah, way, you ate a bug. The... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Well, now you can do that with kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you can't do that with... yeah, yeah, and that's fine too. Yeah. But you can't turn them out in the chain link backyard. You put a shock collar on them. I've tried that with a kid. They figure out how to take it off. <laughs> Something about fingers, you know. Yeah, but you can't turn them out into the backyard or put them in the kennel when you leave to go to the grocery no, store. You no. know, it doesn't work that way. No. All right, with that, we end today's podcast. Thanks for watching Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. We want to invite you to join us Sundays for small group at 9 a.m., worship services starting at 10 a.m., and you can find North Co. Baptist Church live each week on Facebook and our northlinco.org website. If you miss church, no worries. Our past services are easily accessible. They're archived on YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook. Make sure to stay up to date by following northlinco.org. Go serve your king.